hey, this is Heidi on those ones and twos. (laughs) (laughs) Follow that sucker. That was your uh, radio DJ voice, but but not like a regular DJ, but like the after hours DJ. Like, right? Midnight Jams on K92 point something or other. It's the something or other that gets you. (laughs) All right. Hey, it's Heidi and Stefan. And and you're listening to the Ice Cream Parlor podcast. This is the episode. Nope. And this is the podcast where we watch horror movies and we talk about them. Mm -hmm. So anyways, this is episode 12. Episode 12. Yeah. All right. We're moving right along with these things. I mean, gotta, we gotta, gotta. It sounds like we'd be getting some traction too, huh? Yeah. So, um... Thank you all for subscribing. Can you also, you know, maybe give us a rating because we have two ratings right now on <laughs> on Apple Podcasts as an example. And I did both of them, mine. And then I did, um, I think, my uncle's. <laughs> okay. Well, we thank you for subscribing. Now, rate and comment. So what have you been up to since last episode? Fill me in. Um, well... I finally had a night out because I don't ever go out like on a night out. I'm always too busy doing stuff. So I I try to tell you all the time. You got to go out and have some fun. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. I'll give you that. Uh, I went out with um, with my sister from another Mr. Patty Cakes. Uh, She is my my she's she's my best friend Uh, and we rarely get to go out and we we live like three, four miles away from one another, but we never see each other. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, But it was cool. We went to go have some um, Korean food, and then we went to the Brass Monkey Karaoke. Wow. Korean food. Did you go to like a all-you-can-eat Korean barbecue or not? No, we went to like a Korean tofu soup place. Oh, tofu. Yeah. Not really my thing. It was my thing. (laughs) That's like our tradition. We go there, and then we go to Brass Monkey because we can park at Brass Monkey for free walk walk like the three blocks to get food come back and get the validation for the parking so no right. problem so brass monkey that funky monkey why don't you tell all the listeners out there who don't know what brass monkey is uh, what it is well brass monkey karaoke is uh the best karaoke bar in k-town and in los angeles california <laughs> Right? Best place in L.A., says Heidi. No. Best karaoke place in L.A. (laughs) Right. Best karaoke place in L.A. slash Cape Town. Go check it out if you're in the area. So, check this out. I didn't start actually going out, going out, and um, drinking until I was 20, until my 27th birthday. 27th birthday. Sucks to be you. Well, no, I had had kids. I had kids to raise. But the first place I ever, I, I went to, my friend Marvin said I should celebrate my 27th birthday at I've, Brass Monkey mm-hmm. and I've been hooked ever since like I, I'm a regular there so what song did you sing we didn't we got there too late because soup was too delicious <laughs> so okay well so you just drank and watched other people sing drunk karaoke yeah it was nice getting free drinks <laughs> that's good well free drinks are always nice I don't, think, always nice. I don't think anybody would debate that. Well, so we didn't sing because it got too late. But, you know, um, I ran into some people there that, you know, are other regulars. And it was pretty cool. Um, it was an interesting night. Uh, a lot of um, a lot of pop 
music. Pop music? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I was like, well, I don't know the song. But what is, isn't karaoke usually what I, uh, pop music, but maybe pop music from the 80s or 90s? Right. So this was maybe just pop music from the 90s that I never heard of before. Mm. But, you know, I'm the human jukebox. And even though I have, I don't listen to that music, I know the songs one way or the other. And um, some of these songs, I was just looking at patty cakes like, what kind of fresh hell is this? So it was just stuff I didn't know. Yeah, they did like a karaoke kind of thing at, um, no, I, I, yeah. You did the sound for something, right? I, my, um, I didn't end up doing sound, no, but I, uh, my, the people that I've been jamming with recently, they have their own band and their own group and they have their own following and stuff like that. And they had a show this past Saturday at like some kind of art and music festival. And it was sort of like an audition because uh, this this festival does other events throughout the year. And this was the first time they played for them. So basically if, if the, for like that event, for that people? event. Okay. Yeah. And then the, the people who threw the event, if they liked them, then they were going to call them back for other events. So, uh, it all went well. They did get booked for the next gig, which I think is somewhere in the end of July. And, uh, the next one is like a chocolate and art festival. So they do like, I don't know. It's all, that sounds good. Cool. Yeah. There's like vendors with food and desserts and all that. Plus they do like, you know, art and, face painting and body painting and all that kind of jazz, you know, live music. It's just one of those kind of things. I think it it helps the community because everybody kind of comes together and uh, they support the local artists, you know, whether awesome. it be music or crafts or whatever. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I um again, I always say this, but I wish I had like artistic talent, like either musically or in some kind of a, some kind of medium. But I don't. So. I talk about horror movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do have artistic talent. We just figured it out. You're the human jukebox. And you know, like almost every lyric to every song that's somewhat popular from, I guess, the time, the generation that you grew up in, right? Well, no. That was a lot of words. That was very wordy for... Well, no, because I mean, I was raised by... Okay, so my mom taught me how to dance disco. Like I know solid gold 70s and I know like super oldies and but a lot of that may have to do just living in LA and growing up around right yeah but I I like things throughout different genres you do the electric slide and I actually in elementary school I was in a drill team and we did do the electric slide we did a lot of dances (laughs) that were old school that's where I learned the cabbage patch the cabbage patch I don't even know what that is oh boy yeah that's all right I'm not trying to learn either we gotta get you dancing Mm, hell no Gangsters don't dance, you no, boogie. Right, they boogie. I'm not a gangster, though, but I still boogie. You two-step. I mosh and just go crazy. Well, you and I went to a System of a Down concert last year. Yeah, we did. And you do mosh really well. Yeah, but then halfway through, I end up becoming, like, the savior of the pit, and I just become, like, the, the protector for all the week, and then I, I help organize and make sure that the – um. You know, anybody's falling down or, if, if the, you know, the, sometimes people are assholes and try to push people in mm-hmm. and shit like that. So I kind of like. Yeah, I saw that. I saw there was this guy <laughs> that was doing a lot of pushing. And then when everything would calm down, he'd like yeah. shake your hand. Yeah. And then you'd no, like pick I sh- people up I off shove the those floor. people in. Like when they start getting really idiotic, then I'd shove them into the bed, <laughs> give, give them a taste of their own medicine. 
I don't know if it's a place for Mosh Pit exactly because The Cure is going to be playing, but Deftone uh, concert coming up. That's a weird one. I still don't know how I feel about this show. (laughs) I'm not a huge Cure fan. I don't know. It's just not something I kind of grew up on. And then everybody else who's on the show doesn't seem like they're anywhere within the same genre of Deftones. But Deftones, they kind of go... You know, they, they've got their older, heavier side and they've got their diehard fans like myself. And then they've got this new sound that they've been working mm-hmm. with over the last couple albums. And I don't know, it'll be fun, but I have seen them a lot. Um, I was going to skip out on the show, but you're saying that. Um, well, I'm going because go, so. Patty Cakes and I share a birthday almost like we're a couple days apart and um, we always do something together. Gotcha. Uh, and she wants to do this. So we're going to do this. All right. Well. We'll, we'll I'm see excited how, about it. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm always down to see the Deftones, but I just feel like this is going to be a weirder event. It'd be like, I guess, putting them on like a late night television spot. You know, it's like nothing about the show has anything to do with their type of vibe or their music. But then they'll be the musical guests at the very end and rock out, and then we'll just go to a commercial break. <laughs> so anyways. Well, it was kind of like the system concert from last year or whatever um i would have i would not have gone to go see incubus for example as its own entity but um because they played with system of down i was digging it yeah that was weird but um fun it was, it was awesome. I love System. So let's get back on topic here. because What is this? The, well, Podcast? we're supposed to be talking horror about movies. our horror movies. Yeah. And this is where we're supposed to talk about this what we know. Movie. Yeah, what do we know about the movie? Who all directed right. it? What's well, the plot? first of all, we haven't even told anybody what the movie is. And we're like an hour into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the podcast. See ya. <laughs> all right. This week's movie, 1981, The Evil Dead. Wow, this is a good one. So you've seen this before, I'm assuming? Well, okay. We so both <laughs> for probably sure. have seen this We've before. seen this movie. I, I've seen this movie before. Um, I don't remember it like I do Texas Chainsaw that I watch, you know, every few months. Um, I haven't seen it in a while. I think the last time I saw it was as the remake came out maybe five years ago. But whatever. Yeah, I liked actually. Funny enough, I remember liking the remake, and I'm not a big fan of remakes. And this I liked one, the remake. I also went into it thinking like I'm gonna hate this movie because I like the original so much. But for some reason, I don't think I hated the remake as much as I wanted to. But we're not watching the remake today. We're watching the original. The original, which I do love a lot. And to me, this is like. It's like horror comedy. It's like a gore fest. I just, I love, you know, everything about this movie. Yeah. It's a yeah. cult classic as it should be. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, for my, from what I remember, and I guess once we watch it, we'll, you know, confirm it or not. Um, this one is less comedy than anything that follows it. Follow, right, right. Yeah. Because remember we saw Army of Darkness recently, probably about a month or so back. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. We, we yeah, we saw that in the theaters, which was actually yeah, we saw cool. it on thirty five millimeter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, that's part of my secret movie club. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So for those of you who haven't um, seen The Evil Dead and have been living under a rock, I was gonna say welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So The Evil Dead is um, a movie that launched the career of. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell, yep. And Sam Raimi. And Sam Raimi. And they actually went to high school together. Yeah. And I think there was a third guy, the producer. I forgot his name. The producer, I think it was 
You know those producers, they always get overlooked. They probably get paid the most, though. I want to find him because... Just IMDb, go to the producer. It's produced by Robert Tappert. That's the guy, Tappert. Is it Tappert? Yeah, that's the guy. Because Irvin Shapiro was another producer that was was linked to the movie. Um, Sorry, I got something in my face. That's why I made that face. Well, so um, Irvin Shapiro, he was also part of the movie. But a few months ago, I listened to an interview with Bruce Campbell talking about the making of um, The Evil Dead. And in that <laughs> in that interview, he was talking about how they wanted to make the book, the, the movie, uh, they were going to title the movie The Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And this Shapiro producer was like, um, people are going to think that they're going to have to read for 90 minutes. you got to change it to something else. And so they considered uh, Blood Flood or whatever. And then they finally landed on The Evil Dead. Hmm. Cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, but um, that's a good little tidbit. I did know that I think it was Tapper, Ramey, and Bruce Campbell all were friends and also went to the same, what, what was it, school or college or whatever you were saying? Yeah. So I know, I, I don't know about Tapper, but I know um, Ramey and uh, Bruce Campbell, they went to the same high school together and they did the same like high school art films and. Um, and put all those together as they were, you know, they, they decided that Bruce Campbell was going to be the actor because he was, you know, the one the girls liked. Yeah, yeah. They were he's not wrong. That, he's got that that uh, chiseled, chiseled chin, jib. Just yeah. like jib. <laughs> yeah, isn't that what you call it? A nice jib, the chin. He's got that, you I don't know. know. He has that super chin where you just want to <laughs> just just go and bite it. I don't Am know I about biting one? it. I don't know about biting it, but it is one of those. <laughs> looks like it's meant to be in Hollywood. That's what I can Yeah, he you. has a Hollywood chin. Yeah. It almost seems like he's too good for these like kind of like B-rated horror movies, but I'm, that's what he makes owns it so it beautiful. So well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you know, a lot of people get this movie mixed up with the second movie, like meaning they are part one, part two. But a lot of times, I've noticed, anyways, when people say, "Oh, the Evil Dead," I love that Evil Dead. Chainsaw they're usually hand. talking. Yeah, they yeah, talk about yeah, the, yeah. the chainsaw hand, the deer. The, the deer didn't talk in this. I don't remember. We'll no, have no, to see. Mm, but yeah, um, I think the deer comes alive in the second one and. All that other shit, yeah, his hand is is running around like a possessed demon and shit. Um, but yeah, so this one we're watching is the original one. Original and one. The, the, so do we want to give a synopsis? Yeah, What's- so it's your quintessential five teenagers or young adults go rem- go into a remote cabin in the woods and hilarity ensues. Yeah, yeah, it does. Pretty much almost right away, too. Yeah, it's um, it's a groovy fucking movie, and I know that's not part one. <laughs> it's it's a good movie. I love it. I'm so excited that we're doing it. And um, can we get to it right away? Sure. Let's not waste any time. Then we'll go ahead and get right into it. Um, we'll if there's any other you know we'll get into the details of it later. Um, so let's do this. Absolutely. All right. We will be right back. <laughs> be right back.
was possessed by the spirits of the book is through the act of bodily dismemberment. Yes, we are. We're back. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. I didn't remember how gross it was. I it, mean... It's, it's gross, it's but not, it's silly it's not gross. Super, I mean, it is super gory, but it's like... It's like silly gross. It's, it's like, like going obviously to a gore not concert. Real. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's awesome. Um. Yeah. So over-exaggerated. It's almost like a, you know, Tarantino, uh, Robert Rodriguez style kind yes. of thing. Yes. Juicy bodies. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely yeah. juicy bodies. Um, what I didn't remember was how, um, how, how gory it does get. Not gory as in Eli Roth gory, but, you know, yeah, like Robert Rodriguez gory. Where you're like, ew, gross. And then you laugh because you freaked out about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how I... I, I Turned away a lot, like, oh, my God, they showed that. Oh, gross. Oh, my God, don't touch me. You know? <laughs> so, I'm so excited. That was so good. So, um, what I, what, do you want to just kind of get into it? What do you want? I mean, we both like the movie. So, this isn't one where we're going to surprise one another and be like, oh, I fucking hated it. And Fuck this <laughs> shit. Halfway through. All right. So, The Evil Dead was directed by Sam Raimi. Yep. Um, and produced by Robert Tabbert. Mm-hmm. And it is starring Bruce Campbell. And a bunch of other people. And a bunch of other people. <laughs> Sorry. We don't mean to discredit you guys because you all did a good job. I don't think they can hear but, us. <laughs> well, yeah. Are they still alive? Who knows? I don't know. Bruce uh-huh. Campbell is. He just retired recently. Um, all right. The movie follows five students from Michigan State University. Oh, really? I didn't even pay attention. They had part. a big-ass Michigan U oh, yeah, shirt. yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? In the intro of it, what I was actually um, thinking about, which I didn't think about the last time I watched it, was like how the smooth camera angle that's following through the woods and right. through the river. And so stuff. the the movie, the screen, the the movie opens with this camera, which is supposed to be an entity, kind of cruising through the forest or the woods and down the highway or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But you know how they achieved that is they put a camera on a two-by-four, and Raimi grabbed one end, Campbell grabbed the other end, and they just walked it down the path. Yeah, I heard um, the scene where they're in the actual water, that Raimi was like on a raft, and Campbell was was pushing pushing him him along in the dinghy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, uh, that's cool. But I did also have a question regarding that after the fact, which was they summon the spirit or the demon entity after they find the book of the dead. However, in context, like technically this thing is already running through the woods and then it does sort of like 
whisk by their car and the one guy who's driving says, oh, I lost control of the wheel or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So essentially the demon has been sem- somewhat summoned or the, the partially summoned. The demon was summoned. already there. So, well, I mean, and we'll get to it when we get to that part of the movie, but you remember there was already an, an, a previous occupant. Right, yeah. Yeah, and... But so, like, was reading the pages out of the book uh, giving the demon more power or something to actually manifest itself? Because it seems like it was there already. So what did they have to summon it? But I don't know. That's just me getting kind of technical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but so before, anyways, that happens, um, yes, we see the entity flying through the woods as the opening, you know, scene happens. And they kind of lose control of their car for a brief moment. And, um, yeah, and go ahead. So the, so the, stu- the, the main characters are Ash. And that's the Bruce Campbell character. Mm-hmm. Um, his girlfriend, Linda, um, who later we find has a laugh worse than babies. <laughs> yeah. um, Cheryl, who is Ash's sister, um, uh, Ash's friend Scott, and Scott's girlfriend, Shelly. And the five of them are going to this rural cabin in Tennessee somewhere. Yeah. I also forgot that. Ash is short for Ashley, which is one of those names that you just don't remember really that's a guy's name until you like see Like Shannon? Some, yeah. But then you see somebody cool with that name and you're like, oh, Ash. <laughs> like Ash Ketchum from Pokemon? <laughs> nah, I don't know. I don't know jack shit about Pokemon. I, I'm too old for that little bullshit. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I was never part of that revolution. I think that thou protest too much. Okay, you watched too much of The Witch last week. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, they're driving up the mountain to get to the cabin, mm-hmm. and um, we, you know, we see the entity or whatever floating down, whatever, um, and that's what kind of pushes the car and they kind of, uh, Scott's driving, he yeah. loses control a little bit. And he's like, hey, and Ash is like, I just got this check yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So um, they make their way um, into the woods. They make, like they go off the main road into this path. And then the path leads them over. This real rickety bridge, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's before or after the bridge, but remember there was like two maybe hitchhikers or something on the side of the road. Yeah, so that was uh, Ramey. Ramey and Tapper. And Tapper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, they get to the rickety bridge. They say, oh, it's okay. It looks good enough. They can drive over it. And they start going. And it's... <laughs> Pieces start falling yeah, off the bottom. it starts falling off. I think, yeah, they, it breaks a little bit. The tire kind of goes down. Luckily enough, they just press the gas and drive right Keep over Keep on that going. Bridge. Yeah. Which is funny because um, that would be my first signal like, ooh, we should probably reinforce this before we yeah. forget. Yeah. I mean, what happens if the bridge breaks once you get over and now you're stuck on the other side? I mean, it, that's essentially what's going to happen. Right. So... But- my mind i would have been like oh let's actually resolve this now because what if we have to like what if we all get massive diarrhea and we have to go to the hospital like you don't want to build a bridge while you're pooping your pants but if you got massive diarrhea and you're in a cabin in the woods just go outside okay i wasn't saying uh okay yeah yep you're you're right (laughs) (laughs) i mean even if there's somebody who's in the toilet just go outside but you know what i mean yeah i got you um, so yeah. So, anyways, now we arrive at the cabin, mm-hmm. and almost immediately we know something is up because that swing chair, whatever it's There's called, a swing the on bench, the porch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the swing. cabin looks like 
It looks crazy. Looks toe up from the flow <laughs> up. It is, um, it hasn't been occupied in however long. So it's just fucking abandoned and leaning even. <laughs> um, and it has this rickety old um, porch. And on the porch, there's a swing. Yeah. But the, the it's like a bench swing. It's like and it's bench, not yeah. swinging forward like swings do. It's swinging sideways like. Yep, absolutely. Like, like banging perpendicular into the side to where its usual path would be. Yep. Yeah. And it's just banging into the side of the house, basically, the cabin. Um, and then it just stops. Mm-hmm. It, no. So, yes, it does just stop. Scott goes um, to the doorframe and grabs a key and then goes to put the key inside of the, the lock. And as soon as he touches that door handle, it just stops. Mm-hmm. Everything goes quiet. Yep. And that's when you're like, fuck this. I'm getting in the car. I'm going back home. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's some scary shit. But that's not what they do. No, because, you know, they're white teenagers <laughs> <laughs> in the 80s. <laughs> so they pretty much go in and make themselves at home. And so yeah, I can't remember what happens immediately after that. But they do kind of get settled in. They figure out, all right, well, this is going to work. We're going to make make it fun. I think they do they start like drinking or have some. Uh... Well, yeah, they're getting settled in, and um, Cheryl is in her room, and Cheryl is Asha's sister, and she's, you know, the other two couples kind of get their own rooms. Cheryl gets her own room by herself. Yeah, fifth and, wheel. Yeah, fifth wheel, and there's always one. And there they, um, Cheryl is an artist, I guess, but of all things, she's drawing a fucking clock. A clock. Mm-hmm. She's drawing a clock. Yeah. And so the clock is tick, tick. Ding, like ding, it's one of those ding dong clocks. Ding dong clocks. You're talking. <laughs> it's an older clock that has the a pendulum. pendulum swinging back and forth. Yes, and yeah, she's drawing that's what I said, it. A ding dong clock. Okay, sure. I guess that's what it is. I don't know. Ding dong. So she's she's drawing the clock, and the clock just stops. Yep. Just like it's it goes stops. it goes, and then she's like, "What the shit?" And then she hears this whisper that says, "Join us." Mm-hmm. Demonic whispers. Mm-hmm. Join us. And then her hand, because she's drawing, gets possessed. And oh, she's right. like violently drawing something. So on the page that she's drawing, it's tearing even into the next page because she's right. it's so possessed and, and drawing it so hard. And she draws a book with a smiley face. <laughs> It's we find out later it's the, the book, of the, book of the dead, but in in this instance it's just a book with a smiling face, and she's kind of freaked out, but she doesn't tell anybody about it. No, like, wouldn't she you doesn't. be like, um, yeah, some crazy shit just happened? Hey, who knows? Again, she's she knows she's the fifth wheel, so she's just keeping it to herself, I guess. And so that's what the other two couples are kind of trying to get cozy, and you know they got mm-hmm. their own rooms or whatever, so they're trying to, uh, you know, get yeah. busy with. Well, so the next scene, um, they're all having like dinner together. Right. Right. And Ash is proposing a toast for whatever the fuck they're doing there uh, to make it work out or whatever. And um, they're just, you know, having fun. And then on the other. So there's a dining room and next to the dining room is a living room. And in the living room, there's a cellar door. But one of those ones that you pull up mm-hmm. and it opens like like if the door is on the floor. It's like the kind that you'd hide out in downstairs and hope that nobody would find you. They're the kind that you put a rug over it yep. and then you make your escape. Yeah, yeah. So in case you're... Um, or like it's a kind that you have if you're like in the Goonies. 
Don't they go through? Oh, that's a chimney they go through? Or do they go through one of those cellars? I don't remember. I, what are you talking about? They go down a well. A well? In the Goonies? Oh, you're right. They do go down a well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, it's, a, it's like What's a trap door. What's with you? It's a trap door, cellar door kind of thing. Yes, you'd put a rug over it. And it, it would probably have been used like back in you know wartime if you wanted to hide like a from. a bunker? Yeah, like a bunker. Well, I thought or like the beginning of Inglorious Bastards where the French guy is hiding Shoshana and her family. Well, yes, exactly. Well, I was thinking that they had their food down there because it was in the dirt and it was naturally cooler. Well, I never thought of that before, but. Maybe. I always think about food. Maybe. Okay. You know something about that cellar is that that was not for real. That actual It wasn't cabin? actually in that cabin. No. It was in the like like two different places. They had a set and then somebody's house or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the they did they they dug a hole like 4 feet deep in that actual cabin to create part of the um cellar door. Like in other <laughs> words, they didn't dig a whole deep deep hole and make a the whole basement level. But they did for sure dig about four feet down into the cabin. And that way they did get some shots of like Ash walking down in there or something like that. But Right. But yeah. So they're having dinner mm-hmm. and then this cellar door flies, flies open. open. Yeah. And the- you got to think something's up because though it's not chained down or locked, the cellar door has locks and chains like on there. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> they hadn't been taken off. So you're like, what kind of food are they storing down there? Right. So um, the guys go to investigate and the girls stay upstairs. Right. The way it should. No, that's not the way it should be. We should have let the women go first. What are we thinking here? Yeah. What did you say in the, in, in the episode about that? We went on this huge <laughs> tangent about... Um, Horror nights, going first is easy because they miss you and then they go and get the next ones. Yeah. So yeah. send the women down there first, right? Yeah. Safest. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so um, while, the, while Ash and Scott are in the cellar, that's where they find the Nadaran de Manto. And that is the Sumerian version of the Egyptians' Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And um, it looks pretty crazy too, so right? So it's supposedly written in blood and, and bound in human flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like somebody's face or something on the cover. Almost. Yeah, and that's the Smiling Face book. <laughs> it's not part of Beauty and the Beast's castle. <laughs> it's a possessed fucking book. Yeah. So um, they also find a tape recorder mm-hmm. or one of those old-timey tape recorders. Yeah, like a reel-to-reel kind of tape recorder type thing or something, right? I guess so. Or was it just an old cassette tape recorder? No, because they had to... Right. So, okay, so it belongs to the previous inhabitant of the cabin, who was an archaeologist. And the archaeologist found all of the things that they had down there. They also found, like, this dagger that was made out of, like, bones. Um, And that was actually made out of, like, chicken bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in that interview that I listened to um, with Bruce Campbell, the um, one of the, I guess, assistants on the on set would have to make, you know, things out of the chicken bones. So the where they were staying smelled horrible because she was hoarding all of these chicken bones to be able to make that fucking dagger. Wow, it's gross. Yeah, kind of a little bit. 
You know what else that was down there in the cellar that they didn't notice, but we noticed? The Hills Have Eyes poster. Yep. The original Wes Craven Hills Have Eyes poster. Absolutely. I think that was a little bit of a uh, tribute homage to Wes well, Craven, probably. To, um, so later on that evening, um, the, the guys are playing the recording for everybody at the cabin. And they realize... Um, that it's a freaky fucking message. It's the guy who's the archaeologist and he's talking about how things are being like demonic or whatever and that you have to like, um, what's it called? I don't know what you're doing right now. You're like doing some sort of weird dance. What are you trying to They uh, exercise? What are no, you talking about? They have to like uh, take person apart. Dismember a yes, body? That's what this is. That's what that is? It looks like you're doing some weird dance from the uh, 90s or something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so dismember the bodies. You have to dismember the bodies, yeah. And along with it is um, incantations. And that's supposed to be what, like, summoned this thing or woke the being or whatever of the forest. Right. But again, the, it was already woke because it was yeah, running around the forest. Yeah, but maybe this gave it its power to manifest into sure. physical reality. Am I being too loud? No, just watch where you put your hand over here. I don't want you to bump the mic. <laughs> this ain't no Jeff Ross I'm David Latina. Tell show. <laughs> I talk with my hands, my whole body even. Okay, use the other one then. Oh, Parmesan oregano. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of oregano... Congratulations, Illinois, for finally legalizing recreational use Oregano. of marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> of oregano. Yeah. Did they go through all the way? I don't know. Hopefully yeah, it did. did this morning. All right. Yeah. Great. All right. So congratulations. And I was uh, I was like, oh, yay. That means that I can technically smoke weed at home and smoke weed when I travel for work. Now all I need to do is learn how to smoke weed. Yeah. I was going to say. All right. So the demonic entity gets woken up and Cheryl, however, gets immediately freaked out. But because she's the only one that has had that issue, she's the only one that has had anything weird happen to her yet. Mm -hmm. And so she's freaking out and she's like, Scott, turn that shit off, motherfucker. So Cheryl is the sister. Is the sister, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she doesn't like what she's hearing. She wants them to shut it off. He uh, so Ash turns it off, but then Scott turns it back on and continues with the you know whatever the chanting or whatever is, mm-hmm. and the chanting is the archaeologist reading out loud what is in the book, and at this point Cheryl so affected by it covers her ears and lets out this huge scream, and at that same time a tree comes crashing in through the the living room window. Yeah. It's just like nothing but um, bad net? luck for these guys. Nothing but net, no. It's just, you know, one weird thing after another. Like, they should have already turned around and left, but they are, you know, troopers and they're sticking it out because That's they don't want That's one wanna... thing to call them. Yeah, I mean, well, they are. They don't really show much fear at that point. I mean, Cheryl, that was her name, right? She, mm-hmm. she is kind of weary and whatever. The rest of them are just clueless, even though... So many things have happened. The cellar door flying open, the banging of the Well, they attributed the, the cellar door to an animal or something. Yeah, just like the last movie where they thought the wolf stole the baby. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> retarded. But this one was retarded in a good way. I don't think I'm supposed to be saying that anymore, but whatever. Okay. Sue me. No, don't. Don't sue me. 
I got nothing. To, <laughs> I got nothing. You're going to take his my glass of wine. <laughs> okay. So later that evening, um, what's what are their names? Uh, later that evening, Shelly and Scott are in their room, you know, mm-hmm. getting busy. Biz- Is that where you get a little bit of a nip slip there? Yes. Yeah. And then um, Ash and Linda, his girlfriend, um, are hanging out in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's, it's so cute. I like their relationship. It's so sweet. He's got a little present for her. Yeah. So he, she, sh- <laughs> he, she, she, what? What the fuck was that? <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> so Ash um, and Cheryl are, uh, have this great idea of, hey, let's just, uh, listen to the wind or listen to the rain or whatever it was that he said in the living room as opposed to going to sleep. So romantic. So romantic. So she's like, okay, let me go check on Cheryl. And so as she goes and check on Cheryl, we see Ash pull out this little gift box and it's like a jewelry gift box. And he's like making sure that the gift is in there. And then he go, he like makes sure that, sh- that uh, Linda's coming back. And then um, he like pretends to be asleep, but with the, with the gift box in his hand. And so Linda comes back and she sees it and she's like looking at him and looking at the gift box. And she tries to reach for the gift box and looks at him again. And and that's when he closes his eyes. (laughs) And then um, she looks back at the gift box and he opens his eyes. And they play this game of, um, I see you, I don't see you kind of thing. Which is important because that comes up later. foreshadowing. Um, And um, at some point, he like just continues looking at her and then she catches him and it's so cute. It's adorable. And he gives her this necklace. Yep. It's like, um, almost like a magnifying glass maybe. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, I actually was doing some like research on the movie too. And I remember seeing somewhere where that was like, um, the necklace, the original necklace got lost or something. So they had, they couldn't find a replacement one. So they actually had to use a gold one, which was the closest thing they could find to that, and then painted silver. And there's one scene where you can see on the girl's hand, and I don't know at which scene it was, but um, you can see the silver paint kind of coming off on her fingers at one point in time when she's handling the uh, the necklace. Oh, that would have been just on that scene because she doesn't handle the necklace any other then time. W- she just wears it. Then it was probably in that scene. But anyways, the reason why I brought that up is because there's a lot of little tidbitty things that in order to get this movie complete, like they had to try their best with continuity. And some of which is even the actors. A lot of the times, those main actors, everybody minus uh, Bruce Campbell, they were substituted with other people and other crew members because the movie was recorded over such a long period of time that other those other actors had either other obligations or or they had to be elsewhere and uh, something like that. So. Well, so con- continuity is actually very important in the movie. That's how we end up with bloopers and goofs, right? But um, in that interview with Bruce Campbell, and I'll, I'll find the link and I'll post it so other people can listen to it too. He was talking about how everybody was responsible for their own wardrobe. And his shirt, as an example, they only had one. And the blood that they used was like that caro stuff that you used to make um, like pecan pies and stuff. Like this corn syrup, it's like corn syrup and like something else. And over time, it just got so caked on that on the last day of him wearing that shirt, it just completely broke. Like his shirt broke. It didn't tear. 
it broke because it was so caked on. Yeah, so it was like peanut brittle or something almost. Want to say that again without smoking your lungs? (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying it was like peanut brittle. It just cracked away. I guess so. Um, But it seemed really interesting. And then there was so much needed, like, just to get the movie made. Um, They had to go get, like... I guess they presented the movie to like 35 to 40 other people so that they can get investors as opposed to going, you know, to like a mainstream um, studio. And then just a lot of things like uh, Bruce Campbell put his parents' house up as collateral to be able to help make the movie when they were out of money. uh, That's some dedication right there. Absolutely. All right. So um, So back to the story. So back to the story. Later that evening... um, Okay, so he gives the gift, and it's nice, and it's beautiful, and it's so cute. It's so cute. Um, and then they, I think they start making out, and then it cuts away to to Cheryl, who's brushing her hair in front of a window without the curtains drawn, mm-hmm. which is not what I would want to do in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and she's in, like, a nightgown and a robe, and she hears something outside. So she does what any level-headed young woman would do. She goes outside to investigate the noise with no weapons and no flashlight. Right. And who? what movie was it that we saw somebody else do that in recently? I Spit on Your Grave. Right. She just walked outside, no flashlight, whatever, just starts wandering But Cheryl the had shoes. <laughs> oh, did, yeah, she did. Well, unfortunately, those shoes aren't going to help her with what's happening next because... She, um, she ventures <laughs> further and further into the woods saying, I hear you. I know you're there. Uh, if you know somebody's there, just fucking go back. <laughs> like, I don't want to go find the guy with a chainsaw. So um, she uh, she continues, she continues, and then suddenly the vines, like, start grabbing her, and they attack her. And they're, like, pinning her down, and they're, like, forcing her on the onto the ground. And she gets sexually assaulted. Raped, raped by a tree. By a vine or a tree, whatever the vegetation was. Yeah. And it is so we see we so like out of nowhere. Right. Before that happens though, don't we see the entity, whatever you want to call it, the the flying through the woods towards her or something like that, or no? I don't remember. But I, I remember like the very first time I saw this, I was like what the fuck just happened i was so confused and i thought it was just my trauma brain going there and it wasn't until i saw it again as an adult like oh yeah that's fucking real yep they had a tree rape a woman yeah and it is so bad because what do you do then there's nothing you can do you know you can't like (laughs) it's so fucked up it's so fucked up and um she she manages to rip her arms out of the grasp of this vegetation and she runs back to the cabin yeah she hauls ass back to the cabin and she She's... bangs on the front door and she's like ashley let oh, me in that's where we see the entity ashley, flying at her too, i think right there okay and uh everybody comes out to um everybody comes out to figure out what the hell's going on and she's like you take me to town now no, I, i'm not staying here and he's like one more oh minute. my god this cock blocker right why'd i have to bring my fucking little sister with me shit yeah so um <laughs> so he goes to take her to town they jump in the car and they're like okay well just we're gonna have to do it you guys stay here we'll be back or i'll be back whatever i don't know what the outcome was he goes i'll meant. take her to go sleep somewhere in town yeah so they start they get in the car and they start to drive But that doesn't last very long at all. They get to the fucking bridge. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And, and there's no fucking bridge. Yeah. Just like we thought would happen. There's no bridge. Mm-hmm. There's no way back. So they basically have to turn around and go back again. So back at the house, um, Ash is listening to more of the tape. Um, and um, Linda and Shelly are playing cards. And they're playing this game where supposedly Linda is guessing the cards. Like she's supposedly psychic. But <laughs> yeah. we can see the cards that Shelly's holding and they're the wrong ones. So she'll be holding like the Nine of Diamonds and Linda will say the Queen of Spades. Yeah. And then she's like, yeah, that's correct. But then off uh, to the side, we hear Cheryl guessing all of them. Like exact, like boom, Queen of Spades. Boom, Queen of Hearts. Boom, Four of Hearts. Whatever, whatever the cards were. And she's doing them like correctly and then suddenly she like starts to float cheryl does and um and she starts like just turning and she like has this demonic raspy voice and is asking why they woke her from her slumber or whatever the fuck she said and says she's gonna kill everybody Mm -hmm. yep and then she falls on the floor (laughs) like and, and it's like the levitation goes you're done. Yeah. And she falls. And then um, everybody goes to check on there and they're like, what the fuck is actually happening? And at this point, Linda gets a little too close, I think. How close does she get? She gets so close that Cheryl, when she was supposedly knocked out, grabs a pen with her demon hand because at this point she has the demon hand and she's all scaly and stabs Linda in her Achilles tendon. Oh, yeah. That Oh, man, that was so painful. And to it watch was too. so juicy. You love that word, juicy. But it's it's apt. It's apt. No, it's not. Yes, because no, not. she sticks it in there and she wiggles it. And then all this blood starts spurting out. Juicy, though? I don't know. I just, How would you call it? Full of moisture? I don't even feel like it's a juicy or a moisture thing. I think she's ripping out the Achilles tendon and it just it's very painful. It's um, gross and there's some blood, but I don't know. You love that word juicy. I like why are you it. hating all my love? I like it when it's across a nice booty on some uh, sweatpants. Oh, what year are you in? I don't know. You're right. <laughs> Nowadays, it just says pink. So she, um, so Ash goes and try to help Linda and Cheryl like flings him across the room into a, a shelf. And then uh, Scott finally like hits her with something and knocks her into the cellar door, which was still fucking open for some reason. And they lock her in there. Yeah, they're able to get her down in the cellar and they close the latch, lock it up. And for the moment, they feel like they're safe. But uh, Shelly, right? Shelly does not give up. She starts banging on that thing, like trying to get out and um, um, almost inviting them to join, you know, right? Doesn't she keep saying join us or something like that or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, you know, the, the, so now they know something is truly up. They don't know what the hell to do because obviously she's one of them, but they don't want to leave her behind. But they don't but, know what it is yet. No, they and don't. And so Shelly, uh, who's Scott's girlfriend, keeps, like, um, freaking out. So she goes to her room to lie down. Right. And... Linda is... all No... Linda is in her room um, already resting because she has that fucked up leg now. Um, so Shelly is in the room across the hall and she's, um, you know, she's like trying to get some rest, trying to not be freaked out about it. And she hears something and she goes to the window and something crashes through the window, doesn't it? 
Yeah, but what was it though? Is it just another branch or something, or something crashes through the window and then uh, and then takes her or something? Because then um, I think it was it Scott runs in to go look for her and doesn't find her there, but goes and finds her like elsewhere. So Shelley scratches Scott on the face, and Scott throws her into the fireplace and kind of um, so he finds her in the bathroom. Uh, she scratches his face. And at this point, they're like tussling. And then Scott throws her into the fireplace and she starts burning. Do you remember that? Yes. All right. And she continues to um, to attack him. And that's when he starts like cutting her. Right? Scott. And, yeah, Scott. Yeah. And he starts hacking her into pieces. He um, he continues like to hack her to pieces because she keeps attacking him. And, and still keeps going after her. And then he finally stabs her in the back with that dagger that they found, that bone dagger. Oh, right. The, yeah. The chicken and, bone dagger. And, and then supposedly, like, she, like, reanimates after that. I mean, she supposedly dies after that. But then she reanimates and she comes back. And that's when he, like, dismembers her completely and buries her outside mm-hmm. with Ash. And Ash is like, what the fuck? We can't, what are you going to do now? Right. We ha- like, she's our friend. Yeah. This whole time, Ash is like being like the, the innocent, like, I don't know what to do. Because Scott's the one that's been taking all the action so far. Right, yeah. I feel like that describing the movie doesn't do it that much justice. Because part of it is the visual element. It's just so over the top. And... You know, you you just got to see it. If yeah, so. no, I'll, you absolutely have to see it. Um, there's so much more than we can describe. All we're gonna, all we're really going over is like, right. oh my god, moments and oh my god, but and a big reason why the thing is is so popular and is such a cult classic is also because for the times, the, the it was um, well, I mean, it was a low budget movie that was you know something that they were able to pull a lot off it was so, smartly made right yeah so the, the, a lot of these visual elements had to do with like um special well pre-special effects you know like original movie effects uh squibs and bla- uh, blood bladders and just all that other stuff that would go into old school horror movies and i think that's what you know again like some of like even though some of the costumes and everything kind of look like a little uh cartoony or a little you mean like the makeup? Yeah, but I uh-huh. think that that's part of like that. What makes it so good is just seeing the excess that they put into it. It is pretty much a gore fest. This movie. Yeah, it is, but it's not like gross out gore fest. It's like well, for oh some my people, god. Maybe. Well, I guess so. I mean, it's not like I said. It's not like hostile. Like it's not a blowtorch to the eye. Right. But right, it right, is right, right. like guts and stuff flying around, and definitely blood everywhere. Um, okay. So after Scott dismembers his girlfriend and buries her, he pieces out of that sucker and decides to try to make it back to town on foot. Yeah, that's a pretty bad idea, but... He comes back shortly after, Mm -hmm. like, stabbed or something and saying that the woods or the forest will not let them escape. Ash is, of course upset shaken he like even tries to give his friend scott some water but at this point scott's dead yeah that's right he's got he's trying to give him water to try to you know help him nurture him back to life or whatever scott's pretty fucked up at this point in time too um but yeah and so after scott's passing um ash goes to check on linda yeah and um finds that she has turned Mm -hmm. 
right? So she is also like, and so when you turn, you're not just yourself and suddenly you're, you're whatever. You turn and you're fucking ugly as shit. You have this caked on skin that looks like it's a cheap mask on top of your regular skin, but with makeup on it so that you can tell it's you, but it's not you. And they like crusty all over and they have these contacts in that their eyes are like milky white and gross. And, um, and, and they do like these weird body convulsion things. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this movie would have really scared the shit out of me if I saw when I was a younger kid. And I wonder, you know, cause I really didn't see this the first time till I was old enough to be able to watch it. But I'm just thinking, like, as a kid, the, the, the demonic voices and the mm-hmm. crazy cuttings and the blood and all that probably would have freaked me out when I yeah. was younger. No, it totally freaked me out when I was younger. Um, all right. So, Linda's laugh. Yeah, you described it as, like, worse, worse than, than babies. babies. And you're and talking about baby from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and this. Any of uh, Sherry Moon Zombies movies. Right. Like, any movie and, she's and in. How does she it has go? That- <laughs> no, no, no. Nope. A little bit higher pitch. <laughs> that sounded like Mickey Mouse to me. <laughs> Tell me when I'm there. I don't know. Uh, something like it's- that. Fucking! I'm, I can't do it. Oh, oh my god! god. Did what you just that? die? <laughs> it's like a forced fake laugh, kind of like, <laughs> but super high pitched. I can't do. I almost got it. There. <laughs> so imagine, <laughs> yeah. but higher pitched. Yeah. I, I, and so that's baby's laugh. This Japanese, Japanese, look. Jesus Christ. We got to do House of a Thousand Corpses soon. Um, So that that laugh is like so annoying. Linda's laugh, exponentially worse. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's fucking worse. From that moment on, I'm like, oh my God, just hurry up and kill her. I can't. I can't right now. I can't with Linda. Linda, please. Right? So, um, So poor Ash is pretty much left with like... Dead friend dead and a possessed and, girlfriend. Right. And so... And in the middle this, of nowhere. But and his sister's, sister's in the cellar. In the cellar. And her sister's been, like, active, though. I don't, I don't think we, again, described it enough in so detail. So she's but also, like, like, super fucking ugly, but she keeps pushing banging, up yeah, on the to, cellar door trying to get trying out, to get out yeah. and teasing Ash and trying to get him to come closer. Like, at some point, he goes close because he thinks that she's, like, quiet and she like goes and bursts through the floor a little bit with her hands and grabs him and tries to pull him down. Yeah, yeah, she's um so yeah, she's doing her thing in the basement the whole time. And you got Linda, you know, who's already turned and the other one, um Scott's girlfriend's been hacked up and buried already. Mm-hmm. And then Scott's dead. So basically Poor Ash is by himself, and he's just trying the to figure out. Two crazy fucking women. Yeah, but they're sort of like um, point of no return. So he's got to try to figure out how the hell can he, like, basically he just knows that he's trying to survive to the morning. Forget everything else. He just wants to get to the morning. So Linda attacks Ash. Mm-hmm. And they get into this fucking fight. And she, again, he, like, gets thrown around because he's not Ash. Yeah, he's Ash. Yeah, yeah. Right? He and he hasn't become himself. Yet. Right. He hasn't come into his Bruce Campbellness. Right. Um, his legendary character. Um, what he ends up do what he ends up doing though is finally stabbing her with that fucking dagger, the bone dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and she's, you know, supposedly dead at that point. He takes her into like whatever, not the cellar, but like the garage or something or whatever extra room where there happens to be a bed with chains so that and so that and yeah. restraints. Why would there be chains and restraints on the bed? We never even uh, talked about that before. <laughs> yeah. Nope. But um, that one does. And he w- he's trying to dismember her, but he can't because she's wearing that necklace. And then he remembers how much he loves her. And so he instead goes and buries her outside, not dismembered, fully membered. Right. And but so when he takes her outside to try to bury her, that's when they play that little game of peekaboo again. Yeah. So she's like looking at him and he's digging her grave. But then he looks back at her and she closes her eyes. Yeah. And then they do it a couple more times. She finally attacks him. And then he goes and decapitates her with a shovel. Which, when that happened, I thought about what you said a couple episodes ago about the best decapitation scene of all time. And I was kind of disagreeing with you. And I said, there's so many others that I don't know if I would agree with you. And I thought this one was pretty badass. Where do you rank this decapitation scene? Number three. Number three? Mm -hmm. So, and it's funny because (laughs) the... um, The reason why I call that the greatest decapitation scene in cinema history, and I remembered that on my way home today because I knew we were going to do this movie, I was like, wait, that's a direct Bruce Campbell quote. Like, I call that the best decapitation scene because when Bruce Campbell said it in the interview I listened to, I totally agreed with him. I could not think of another decapitation scene that was better than that. Specifically because for that time, that was really well done. You're speaking about the omen. The omen. Yeah, the omen. And so that that's funny that... Um, so Bruce was Bruce the one who said Campbell that? Campbell was the one that said that. Hmm, okay. Oh, well, so now it means something. No, no. I still don't know if it's the best of all time. I well, feel like we're going to come across another one. Well, you have to the times and the limitations of um, the special effects at that time as well. Anyway, we're not talking about the omen. We're talking about Ash. I like this one. I thought this one was pretty good. So he decapitates her and her head goes flying somewhere else. And her head starts laughing because her body starts bleeding all over him. Well, her head lands straight up and down on the ground somewhere. Yeah. But the body falls right onto Ash. Right, And so the neck wound, like... The blood is like spewing Spewing into his face. Yeah, they do that a lot in this movie. Just excessive blood in your face, in your mouth, gross blah. Actually, I don't know. I think in one scene where we uh, we might have passed already, where Linda, I think, was the one who um, she had some blood on her face and everything, but she also then spit out like some white. um, I thought it was milk, as far as well. (laughs) So that white stuff, it's supposed to be like quote demon blood or whatever but that was actually Raimi's way of trying to get around the sensors which I think he used milk I didn't I never saw Mm -hmm. that as being a fact two percent milk oh really because it (laughs) totally looked like milk Um, so I read somewhere that this scene where the headless body is attacking him that the body is actually trying to rape him (laughs) probably there's so many little hidden things in this movie I didn't know so anyway he pushes um the body off and like goes and hides back into the cabin um, once he gets inside the cabin, though, at this point, Cheryl had broken free because she keeps banging, put, banging, banging, on, and banging on the thing. Finally, yep. the locks gave out. And mm-hmm. so she is able to um, she to attack been, him. Yeah, but who's also there 
is Scott back to life because he died as a person. He didn't die as a demon yet. So Ash shoots Cheryl like over oh, yes. and over right. and over again. He gets that again. shotgun. Yeah, like That's right. I, he was. He was like, "Is this the part where he's like, where did I find shot? Where did I find? Where did I find bullets?" And, I, and that's when he remembered that he saw them downstairs. Mm-hmm. And so he had to go into the cellar to get them. But then he starts, he like shoots Cheryl like three million times. Yeah. Another and, tidbit that I had read about the movie was that those were actually live shotgun shells that they used. They were like talking about how dangerous they were in making this movie. Like they weren't blanks and they weren't fake bullets. They were shooting real live ammo in that movie. Well, that's stupid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. So then Ash, he like pokes scott's eyes out oh yeah that scene that's great scene and that's why i mean they had so much fun with this when they were trying to do the special effects because it's just like over the top the the wound that scott had was like a tree or something or big old branch like in his like stomach or something Mm -hmm. and the way that ash kills him is he takes that shit out and that's how he like dies because he bleeds his ghost blood everywhere yeah, is that one of those claymation scenes also? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It looked like Gumby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, and that's one of those things where I think, you know, today's world, we have so much CGI. These younger kids may not realize that we had to get to this point. In order to get there, people had to do a lot of other, you know, things like We had claymation. to sit through really, really bad CGI of the mummy with the rock on it. Which one was that one? The Scorpion King, right? I, I didn't watch that one. But but I know, yeah, you, I know what you mean. There's a period of time when there's a bunch of, like, really crappy CGI movies. And, you know, the the stop-motion claymation thing is not the greatest, but it's very... T- um, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of skill and it's frame by frame by frame. So, you know, you have to give it up to people that had that. Stop motion is great. Like Coraline. I love that fucking movie. I keep talking about movies. I don't know. What the hell's Coraline? It's like a diet horror movie. <laughs> it's like for kids. Like when you want your kids to kind of start getting desensitized enough so you can share these classics with them. You start off with something like Nightmare Before Christmas, Fantasia and Coraline. All right. So then Cheryl and Scott are then dead. And that's the claymation scene. And they start oozing stuff. Ash is still on the floor because he's like, at this point, scared to move. Next thing you know, these fucking alien-esque chest busters come out of Cheryl and Scott's <laughs> bodies. Right. And they're, I guess they're called the deadites or whatever the hell. And they're like burst out and then they start attacking Ash. And he like fighting for his life or whatever. And... And, and he, they, they keep attacking him and attacking him. And then he sees the book of whatever, the dead the or whatever. The dead, right. And he's like trying to get it. And he uses his girlfriend's necklace to yeah. try to reach it. He's like throwing it over there and trying to pull it over. Right, which is such a suspenseful thing because you knew it was going to happen the first or second time. It didn't happen at all until <laughs> the deadites grabbed him by the legs and starts pulling him back towards towards them that you see his body kind of move like backwards past the camera and then the chain of the necklace and then the book and the you're book, like ah. yeah, yeah so he gets the book and he throws that fucker in there right in the fire right into the fire and that's when you see these monsters and then the claymation stuff that was the bodies of his friends and his sister start to turn to like ash or like charcoal yeah, or something like bubbling out and then mm-hmm. like yeah the bodies like 
like just uh, done, right? And uh, Ash is covered in everybody's like guts. And you still hear, join us. Yeah, it's not over join yet. Join us. And then it, it finally just goes silent. And what was really good about this movie was the silence. Like there are movies that there is so much sound all the time everywhere and you're like overwhelmed. But in this movie, there were a lot of scenes where they're like, they're doing stuff, they're doing stuff, they're doing stuff, they're doing stuff. Then it goes quiet. Right. So wait, that's the end of the movie there. No, right? no, no. Because um, so uh, it at the sun rises, and then Ash goes outside, and then then we see that entity come from the woods yeah. into the back door, out through the front door, and attack Ash. The last thing you see is Ash turn around and scream, ah! Right. And that's well, the end of the movie. Right. But so there's a few things we did leave out that were key scenes, like the scene where he um does find the chainsaw which is foreshadowing to the next movie and he actually is going to use it to cut off one of their he was going to dismember linda uh, Linda, but he couldn't and he was going to use the chainsaw yes that's but it wasn't it was foreshadowing but on accident because they made part two so quickly um and they hadn't intended on making it Mm -hmm. um so it was it was like an accidental foreshadowing it's like magic (laughs) so another scene that we didn't talk about too was and i think it was after everybody was dead but before the morning came is he goes downstairs or wherever and there was like the pipe that was leaking water or something earlier but now it's just like leaking blood and then all of a sudden it bursts open it was a blood blood flood yeah spews all over him and then you see the light bulb fill up with blood and the blood starts coming out of the electrical sockets Mm -hmm. so um that scene i actually happened to find out was a um a scene from the three stooges but instead of blood it was a scene where they were plumbers and it was water but it was basically shot almost the same way where you see a light bulb filling up with water and the pipe is bursting and spilling all over the place or whatever so that was i guess a little sam raby tribute to three stooges well and actually that scene was also um like the production team's kind of gift to Raimi because throughout the shoot he was saying something like um make sure there's blood all over the scenes you know like make sure there's blood all over the scenes Mm -hmm. and so then when we get to that point and there's like blood literally dripping on lenses and stuff and everything looks like it's covered in blood that was kind of the production crew kind of like yeah we got you now the lenses having blood on it I did while I was watching it I was kind of like Wait a minute now, because the projector is more upright and pointing straight outward, which means the blood would have had to be coming down at an angle to hit the lens. It did. It come. It came out of a pipe. I and then those. But... And then those were only drops, so they could have easily been flung that way because Bruce is like. That may be true, but I guess the way I was watching it was, I was. Assuming that it was coming from the ceiling dropping downward, which if the lens was facing this way, almost 90 degrees, it wouldn't fall perfectly on the lens. However, that's just me being too critical. Right, but that's also you forgetting the fact that there's blood literally spewing everywhere. And let's say Ash did one of those wipe scenes, it could have landed anywhere. Sure. Um, What else? I feel like we did miss over a couple... uh, Well, no, this movie is absolutely... 
uh, amazing and brilliant. There's definitely things that we missed. So you have to go watch it. Yeah, you have to watch it. You probably have to watch it more than once. But I enjoyed it. I love watching this movie. And uh, I look forward to watching the second one, too. I know. So we this movie is on Amazon Prime. But I got it as a two-pack at Amoeba for like 3 or $4. And it's The Evil Dead 1. And part two, so technically we could watch part two. I'm all I'm going to include the link, I guess, on Prime in our show notes so that you can find it easy. Oh, it's also on Shutter. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Cool. Have you ever seen any of the Ash vs. Evil Dead series? Yes. And that remember I told you, um well, I don't know if you remember, but one of the mazes I absolutely had to go to last time I went to Horror Nights was Ash. Versus the Evil Dead one, right? Um, but yeah, I I started watching um I, I started watching um Ash the, the whole the whole show series, and I was so so fucking glad that Lucy Lawless was in it because Xena is when I realized that I had a penchant for the women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was um, it, it was like so like perfect. It was fucking perfect. Does and she play is, a cop or what does she play? I think she's she, the bad guy. Oh, she's the bad she's guy. She's the bad right, guy. Right. Oh, and right, right. Isn't right. Sam Raimi's brother the guy that was on Xena? So this guy here, okay. Ted Raimi. Sure, great. I think he was in this movie too. Matter of fact, that's another thing. Is some of those scenes where you see the people that were in, yeah, in that's uh, him. Demons, they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cast and crew members all over the place. The hands that come breaking out from underneath mm-hmm. and grabbing, those are all different people at a, most of the time. I, he played on Xena, Warrior Princess. He played Joxer. Joxer? Joxer. Well, that's a Joxer. Okay, well, I don't know why we're talking Isn't about that, that great? right now. Mm, oh, sure. anyway, I said that because um, I hadn't realized he was in the movie and then I was excited because Xena. Gotcha. Well, you got overexcited on that one, so keep your Xena shit to yourself. No. Okay. Well. <laughs> um, yeah. But so- yeah, I have watched it. That's why I was saying because uh, Lucy Lawless was Xena, and Lucy Lawless uh, is in this new uh, series. Right, right. Right. And she's in Spartacus. And she's in Spartacus, and Zoe Bell. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Sorry, we can got... go into this big circle. All right. So She's anyway. She's great in Spartacus, by the way. You should watch that series. With the door closed or with the door open? <laughs> <laughs> you might want to watch it with the door closed. Awesome. Lee charged batteries. <clears throat> anyway, so that is it for today. I am so glad we got to see this movie. We have had a couple of movies that we were like, uh, well, no, actually just the way it was a pick me up from last week for sure, which yeah. I know we had a difference of an opinions on. Well, I had trouble getting through the witch because I felt my, I felt myself boring myself talking about it. I liked the movie. I just, you got to watch it on your own and don't bring me with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like the trailer. The two and a half minute version of the trailer was enough for me I, of the witch we're talking about. I, I thought that that was um, they had all the best scenes in it. It was all I needed to see. But anyways, that was that movie. Now we're talking about Evil Dead. This is a great classic. It's almost harder to talk about this because I have seen it and I like it. Uh, but but like it's not super new to me. So, you know, I'm well. That's partly why I want to dedicate maybe two episodes to 
um, Texas, Texas Chainsaw, Chainsaw uh-huh. because there's it's like my, it's my all time favorite horror movie. And there's just so much to go over that I think that one needs to be a two parter. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll see when we get there. And uh, if we have to make it a part one or part two, then we we'll will cross that know? bridge when we get to it and then make sure it doesn't mm-hmm. fall apart on us. Huh? Maybe. Uh-huh. Or we uh-huh. cross that bridge and then we never cross back. Who knows? I'm okay with either. What does that mean? <laughs> it means exactly what happened. All right. Like there's no bridge on the way back. So we, we're stuck. Luckily, I rock climb. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's all for today. All right. Thank you so much for visiting us. Um, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do it. Uh, leave a comment. Please rate us. Uh, share share with us what your favorite horror movie is. Have you seen this movie? Did you like it? Did you like the remake better? I'm not being picky. I'm just glad you guys like the show. Um, check out our website and sign up for our newsletter. That's when you'll get notifications uh, when there's a new episode, when we have events, when we have merch finally out. And that is icecreampodcast.com. You can also email us at icecreamparlor.podcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media. I will post everything on our show notes. Yep. Search for us. Look for us on your favorite platform. Enjoy and spread the word. Awesome. All right. Thanks a lot. And we will see you next week. Thanks for coming. Bye. Okay, bye.